Hello, I'm Kate Wheeler here with Christine Bentley, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region, brought to you by Roar Publishing, from concept to content. I am back from Antigua, uh, missing the weather for sure, but it's kind of warmed up a little bit at the end of at the end of last week. And it goes without saying, it's not our weather you missed. <laughs> yeah, no, no. 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 <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're back. Did you know that more than 2 million Canadians are part of the sandwich generation? And you're one of them. Mm, I am. And we're starting off today's show talking about the sandwich generation and aging parents. Dr. Karen Campbell will be here to tell us what Gen Xers need to know when it comes to taking care of their kids as well as their aging parents. Dr. Campbell is an RN, PhD, and the field leader for the Masters of Clinical Science in Wound Healing at Western University. That's quite a title. That is. Canadian filmmaker, producer, and director Paul Stark will be here to tell us about his new documentary, The Vatican Deception. That's about to premiere in North America. The film explores opinions regarding the existence of a missing prophecy that appears to be a reference to the demise of the Catholic Church. Interesting stuff. Musicologist Eric Alper is going to be myth-busting some of music's greatest urban legends. Financial coach Renee Rebelo has five ways we can increase our cash flow today. And Michael Muzi from the hit show Kim's Convenience has teamed up with Pancreatic Cancer Canada to raise awareness about this disease, which he lost his mother to in 2013. And he's going to be here to talk about how assumptions can be deadly. And closing out the show today, we have Calgary-based singer-songwriter Sycamore in our live studio sessions. So don't forget to follow us online at What She Said Talk and be sure to check out our weekly Facebook Live. That's Wednesday mornings at 10-ish for great giveaways as well as guest announcements. And thanks for listening. We're going to take a break, but stay with us. This is What She Said on 105.9 The Region. remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. What about us? Joining us today is Dr. Karen Campbell, an RN PhD who's currently is the field leader for the Masters of Clinical Science in Wound Healing at Western University. Welcome to what she said. Thank you. Well, you're here to discuss the sandwich generation and aging parents, what Gen Xers need to know. Um, And according to Stats Canada, more than 2 million Canadians are part of the sandwich generation. That's me. Um, So for people that may not know exactly what that is, explain it. So the Sanders generation is when you're taking care of your elderly parents and you have young children at home. Although I'm a healthcare professional, I've personally lived that experience with three parents. Mm-hmm. As did I. Yes, it's yeah. stressful. It one is. with a stroke, one dying of cancer, and kids that are five. I guess. I had a two-year-old and my mother dying of cancer, working all day and going to care for her at night. Mm-hmm. And talk about caregiver stress. Yeah, absolutely. I so, mean, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say we we chatted about this and caring for elderly parents is is daunting. It's overwhelming. Uh, lots of things to consider. Where to go for help, and even if you mm-hmm. can afford to have care in their home, you still have to manage it all. That's right. And you're constantly advocating for your family member with the healthcare system. Uh, we have a great healthcare system in Ontario, but you have to be on top of their care, and you constantly have to advocate so that they get the right care. And and I and I've noticed that with my family that there's some kinds in various stages of dementia. People, the patient, can't often tell you 
what exactly is wrong because they can't find the words. That's right. That's right. And so uh, having been a geriatric events practice nurse, often geriatric patients express their discomfort Mm -hmm. in more behavioral ways. So they may get more confused. They may act differently. And you're constantly trying to figure out what the heck's going wrong. Mm. And sometimes uh, I think you would agree you, you need a specific uh, skill set to deal with a specific problem, and most of us don't have it. Now you right. do, right? Your your expertise is in skincare, which is a big issue, right? Which most of us don't know how to deal with. Exactly, and you know your skin is one of your lar- largest organs, but it's often forgotten as we focus on brains and strokes, which are all important. But keeping your skin intact is so important because when you lose that skin integrity, you have increased risk for infection. You can have issues with uh, skin tears. You can have issues with pressure injuries or pressure sores. Uh, A very common problem is urinary incontinence, especially in the elderly. Mm -hmm. And an area uh, that I have focused on is incontinence-associated dermatitis. Now, in the elderly, we call it by that name, but when you're dealing with children... I was going to say, it sounds like diaper rash. It's diaper rash. Wow. Okay. Right. And yeah. if you think of people in long-term care, almost 70% of them have incontinence. And so, uh, and if you're at home and you're not able to change uh, their uh, briefs, you can get a rash, you can have a lot of pain, but fortunately, if you have the knowledge, this can be um, prevented. You know, it's it's interesting that you say that because when my father was ill, we had somebody looking after him, and I don't think the subject of skin care ever came up. Yeah, I, I was going to say, what else can happen? I mean, you explained you explained this this right. aspect, but, but what else should you be looking for? So, for, skin? F- for example, a very uh, common thing that you can do for your family member is to put moisturizer on twice a day. It'll keep the skin intact and help prevent things like skin tears. If you make sure that they're eating and drinking well, it will help keep their skin healthy. Uh, try to toilet them to prevent uh, incontinence-associated dermatitis. For example, when my family member was ill, I used a a product from 3M called Cavalon, and the person was able to clean themselves, and I was able to clean them as well and give an extra protection layer to their skin. Other issues are things like um, pressure injuries, quite common uh, in the elderly. Is that like a bed sore? Bed sore. Yes. 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 And that's what my father had, a special bed. Uh, that they had for that that sort of rolled or vibrated. Right. It almost had like water in it. But I mean, I didn't know anything at the time right. about any special skin products that would have helped them. Absolutely. So protecting the skin, turning people, mm-hmm. using a special bed, using things like pillows even to keep people comfortable. Because mm-hmm. uh, often um, if you're not comfortable uh, and you're, you're elderly, it, it, it can you know result in problems with the skin and, and you can have more pain. So positioning, um, uh, special chairs uh, that make the person more, more comfortable. All of these things, um, you know, can help your family member. Nutrition, so important to skin health as well. What are the thing, the top foods that people should be eating for good skin care? Well, fluids so making mm-hmm. sure they're getting enough fluid and if 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 a person doesn't have another uh, medical condition like mm-hmm. liver or uh, kidneys protein um, and you know when in doubt ask your uh, family doctor to refer you to a, a registered dietitian who can look at your health issues and can look at kind of recommendations for what you should be eating mm-hmm. um, you know, again, simple things. So things like, you know, moisturizer, for example, using Cavalon, things like eating and drinking, moving, not difficult, not hard, uh, but so important uh, when you're the caregiver. Um, but the other point I wanted to make, too, is caregiver stress. And that's what I was just going to ask you about. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you, if you give out, if you just get hit a wall then they end up suffering. And usually there's a crisis. And personally, what I found is that you don't want to admit that you need help, 
but you need help, whether it's, you know, family members, friends. Uh, I know when I was caring for my mother, I had a whole list of people that would help me out uh, when I had to be away. Um, And uh, because if you don't, you're right, things come to a crisis and you may not be able to to care for that person at home. Uh, And so taking care of yourself, whether it's, you know, going for a walk, I like walking in nature, going to a yoga class, getting help, taking, you know, an evening off, but, you know, taking care of of yourself as well, especially when you have a young family. So you're getting pulled in 47 directions. And this Mm. is only going to become more and more the case as our population ages. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I've actually started to think about this for my own daughters who, uh, I'm, I'm still young and healthy, but you know, in 20 years, they're going to be caring for me. So I'm like, I've been talking to them about what I want and you know, what I don't want. So you need to plan for the future. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, um, Feet. I've also understand that oh. feet are something we should really be keeping an eye on. Absolutely. As you know, especially if you're diabetic mm-hmm. uh, and you have neuropathy, you can develop um, potentially uh, diabetic foot ulcers. Uh, and so making sure that you moisturize feet, making sure that you are seen by somebody who, who can actually assess your footwear. So is that product, the Cavalon, is that is that just a moisturizer or is it a system that you can use for cleaning as well? They actually have a, a product that can, um, that can cleanse and it leaves a mild barrier on the skin so that you do two things with one product. And then they have a moisturizer as well and they have various levels of uh, moisturization uh, that you can use. Um, the other thing with diabetic um, foot ulcers is that you need to be assessed to see if you have a, um, a change in the shape of your foot because you right. may need different footwear. So, but the, this, this, these these products could help the skin everywhere Abs- on your body. Absolutely so is, everywhere. Where do you get them? Actually, they can be uh, purchased on, on Amazon. Oh, really? <laughs> and for the sandwich generation, I, I, I have no stock in Amazon. For the sandwich generation, that's, that's simple, yes. as well as any home health store. So it may not be available in a regular drugstore, but any home health store. And where can caregivers do go to ensure they have all the best, most reliable information and guidance at their fingertips? Well, Health Canada um, mm-hmm. is one site. They can also go to their local Lynn um, um, website and then search under uh, geriatrics and aging to see mm-hmm. what services are available. They can talk to their local doctor mm-hmm. uh, and see what's available. For continence issues, the Canadian Continence Foundation is a great source of information. So it has lists of of uh, experts that are available as well as access to uh, programs. That's great. Well, we are going to um, put up a link and we're going to get all this information from you in, in, from, into a blog on our website. But thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. This is what she said. We'll be right back. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Centre is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com slash tc or call 416-340-7270. The York Catholic District School Board is now accepting registrations for full-day kindergarten. Children born in 2013 or 2014 are eligible. For admission information and how to give your child the best possible start in school, visit ycdsb.ca. York Region. This is your radio station. 105.9 The Region. Joining us now is Canadian filmmaker, producer, and director Paul Stark, whose documentary, The Vatican Deception, is about to premiere in North America, and he is here to tell us all about it. Welcome, Paul. Thank you. What is The Vatican Deception about? 
Uh, it's a documentary that investigates uh, a set of prophecies that were revealed 100 years ago. Uh, we just uh, recognized the centennial anniversary of these prophecies uh, in 2017. And um, the Vatican has published uh, most of these secrets, but there uh, is evidence that there's a part that they're withholding. And so our documentary investigates this uh, secret, what it is that this secret's about and what they're withholding. Well, I never knew that there were prophecies released 100 years ago. Does anybody know this? Is this common knowledge? Yes, it is. Uh, in fact, if you go back uh, to the 1950s, you'll find that uh, Hollywood actually released uh, a feature film about it uh, called uh, The Miracle of Our Lady of Fatima. Uh, it was actually a very well-known film, and it was nominated for an Academy Award in 1953. So what were the prophecies that were released 100 years ago? Uh, well, so they were not released 100 years ago. They were given to the three children, and uh, they were published by the Vatican in the 1940s. Uh, they, uh, there's actually several prophecies, but uh, the most, the most uh, popular ones are known as the Three Secrets of Fatima. Okay. Uh, the first secret uh, was a vision that was uh, given to the children. They were allowed to see this vision, and uh, it was a vision of hell. So what they saw was the ground opened up, and they have these very uh, specific descriptions of um, what they saw, and that's the first secret. Okay, and the children are? Uh, so their names are uh, Jacinta, Francisco, and Lucia. From? from uh, Fatima, Portugal. Okay. So that's why we've come to know uh, about They were just things. random children? Uh, well, I guess they would seem random to us, uh, but it seems as though uh, these children were maybe chosen to receive this uh, uh, set of prophecies. So it was a vision that they saw. That's right. That, okay. was, that was the first secret. Okay. Uh, the second secret uh, was a prediction. It, uh, there was quite a bit in it. Uh, it uh, predicted uh, World War II. It predicted uh, the sign that would be seen right before the start of World War II. Uh, it spoke about Russia. It said that uh, it said that the Pope was supposed to consecrate Russia, which means to bless Russia. And if this was done, uh, we would have a time of peace. And if it wasn't done the prophecy predicts that there will be global calamities. There'll be a lot, something much worse than World War II. So that was the second secret. The third secret was something that apparently was so horrific that uh, the seer of Fatima who wrote these down, she said she couldn't bring herself to write it down. Uh, and so it was only after an order from her bishop that she finally wrote it on a separate sheet of paper and she placed it in an envelope and for years, nobody opened it. And it was supposed to be published in 1960, but the Vatican chose not to publish it. So this is what our documentary is about, is we give the background of the first two secrets, but then we investigate that third secret to find out what's going on with it. Can you tell us what the third secret is? Uh, yeah, absolutely I can. Um, so there's two sides of it. Uh, number one, the Vatican published what they called the third secret of Fatima in the year 2000. So this is only 18 years ago. And uh, what they published was another vision. But the vision doesn't make a lot of sense. It uh, talks about uh, what they call a bishop in white walking through a city of ruins and climbing a, r a mountain of rubble. And uh, at the top of this mountain, there's a, a big wooden cross and there's angels and uh, collecting the blood of martyrs. And uh, the Pope uh, who is climbing this mountain, he's shot uh, with bullets and arrows. And so are uh, his cardinals and priests. So that's the vision. But what does it mean? And this is uh, part of the question. Uh, and we don't know. We don't have an interpretation for that. Uh, but our documentary and our investigation, we found that uh, it seems that there is evidence that there is an interpretation. There's a missing text that explains all of it. So uh, that's kind of where we're at with what the Vatican has published. 
But there is information that tells us what that missing secret is about. And is this what the film or the documentary is about, is explaining that? Yes. When did you become interested in this? Because this must be a work of passion for you. Yes, it is. Uh, I think that it started around the whole Y2K era. Remember Mm -hmm. the whole scare we had? Uh, At the time, I remembered a lot of prophecies coming out. Uh, Nostradamus and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the Mayan calendar and all of these, Mm -hmm. it seemed, were coming out. And uh, Fatima was one of them. Uh, This is when I started learning about it. And uh, the more I read about the Fatima prophecies, the more I just got intrigued by it. And so I've been uh, researching it. uh, I guess I started back in the year uh, 2010 Mm -hmm. and I researched it for four or five years and I was persistent with the production of this documentary as well. I also wrote a a feature documentary, uh, not a a feature drama about the events that took place in 1917 because that story itself is also quite a remarkable story. Is this documentary something that everyone will be interested in or only Catholics? It's a documentary that is interesting to everybody. And the reason I say that is because, first of all, I guess everybody has an interest in what is happening in the Vatican. Uh, But uh, because this um, prophecy implicates all of humanity, it's talking about global devastations. Uh, It seems to me that that would be interesting to everybody. Uh, Also, I think it's interesting to everybody because... uh, it doesn't focus so much on the faithful aspects of the story as it does on the investigation. The fact that there's a truth that's being concealed by the public that we have the right to know about. How much of this, though, is interpretation? And how much of this in the documentary, where you're unveiling the secret, basically, is pure fact? I don't know that there's a whole lot of interpretation in it. Okay. I went to great lengths to ensure that everything presented was testimonials from uh, the best sources we could get, Mm -hmm. uh, Vatican insiders, and uh, that the facts uh, that are uh, being presented are uh, verified as best as I could. Will people be surprised? Yes. So this this is pretty exciting. So where and when is the premiere? Uh, the premiere is, well, we have a world premiere in London, England on January 18th. Mm-hmm. And uh, the following week, we're going to have a, a North American premiere here in Toronto. Wonderful. So that's on uh, January 25th. Right. At the Isabel Bader Theatre. Right. And it will be at uh, 6 p.m. the show. And how many people can can see this. <laughs> yeah, well, we're hoping everybody. Well, no, but that's where you start and then you'll be that's right. having other shows, I so guess. So we do have another follow-up show on the Saturday, uh, January 27th at right. the Hot Doc Cinema. Right. So that'll be another opportunity for people to see it. And uh, we also have a two-week run uh, at the Kingsway Theatre. Right. So where can people go to find out more about you, to find out more about the show, to find out if they want to buy tickets? What would be some of the websites? Well, the best website to go to is uh, our film's website. It's www.thevaticandeception.com. Mm-hmm. They can see uh, the film trailer. They, can, uh, they have links there to the tickets. Uh, we have tickets for the world premiere, the North American premiere. And if they click on theater locations, they can find a list of other theaters where they, they can see the show. Well, this sounds amazing. And what are you going to do now after five years? What are you going to research now? Well, I'd love to do uh, the drama. That would be oh, the... write a play. Yeah. Uh, well, the drama of, of these prophecies. Uh, okay. It's a script that was written uh, before I did the documentary. Okay. And we were hoping that uh, if this documentary generates interest in the story, then uh, there'll be an interest in the drama as well. Well, best of luck going forward. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. This is what she said. We'll be right back here at 105.9 The Region. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? 
to a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Saturday night at the movies, don't know what picture to see? And Brody's got you covered. Did you like the film? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, that no. does it. I then. love your honesty. <laughs> Films about paranoia, I think they do us a lot of good. Because it's not happening to us. <laughs> I took your mom, Romy, who loves a good film. We laughed our socks off. I was so bored watching it. <laughs> a film critic who shoots straight from the hip. Saturdays on What She Said Talk. Guten Tag, it's me, Gunther, the German Shepherd, on the radio again to tell you that Troop Vet in Richmond Hill is the best place to get everything you need for your pets. Scrumptious treats, strong leashes, and the toys I love. Find them at Troop Pet in Richmond Hill or online at trooppet.ca. Jawohl. 105.9 The Region, growing with you and your family. Welcome back to What She Said. Joining us now for On the Record, brought to you by Roar Records, is musicologist Eric Alper, who's going to miss bust some of music's greatest urban legends. Welcome, Eric. Welcome. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah, you know, at the start of the year, let's kind of go through some things that are a little bit more lighthearted. And, you know, especially in today's day and age, in the age of fake news, you can never underestimate the stupidity of the general public sometimes to believe <laughs> things. And that was Nicki Minaj and the conspiracy theory in music go that if you slow down Nicki Minaj, she sounds exactly like Jay-Z. And if you speed up Jay-Z, he sounds exactly like Nicki Minaj. And the conspiracy is that Nicki Minaj is just an actress posing as a singer and it's all devised and designed by Jay-Z to fill up his bank account more than eight, the $810 million that he already has. So Nicki Minaj doesn't really exist. It's really Jay-Z in the studio speeding up his voice. Oh, Nicki Minaj really exists. <laughs> <laughs> you can't miss Nicki Minaj. <laughs> you really can't. Oh, okay. boy. Okay. Um, all right. So let's move to the next one. So Vinvedi is a massive, massive company. It owns several products, including alcohol. Um, it includes real estate, but it also owns Universal Music around the world. And one of the bands on Universal Music are the Rolling Stones. And the conspiracy theory goes that there were so many pop songs referencing Mick Jagger in the 1990s and 2000s, such as Keisha's TikTok, The Black Eyed Peas, The Time, Soul by the Jonas Brothers, and also, of course, Maroon's Five uh, moves like Jagger that the record label actually went to the parent company and said that we need to put Mick Jagger's name out there a little bit more and make the stone that much more popular and make them even more legendary. So they went to all of these performers to tell them to start writing songs with Mick Jagger's name in them. Is it a conspiracy theory? Well, it's a fact that all these songs are written about Mick Jagger. I don't know if it actually went up that high, but it's interesting to think about that. Maybe in the boardroom, somebody asked Keisha, hey, can you include Mick Jagger's name in a song? I heard Mick Jagger say about Maroon 5's song, Move Like Jagger. He said, yeah, they made moves like Jagger. I got no money, no residuals, <laughs> nothing for that one. So sometimes you get the ego and yes. the play, but not necessarily because the money. Because he needs it. <laughs> he needs it. I came in like a wrecking ball. I never hit so hard in love. If you like politics and you love conspiracy theories and music, then this next one is for you. That was Miley Cyrus. And the conspiracy theory, according to the band Korn and his frontman, Jonathan Davis, is that Miley Cyrus was hired by Barack Obama to make divergence and to put America on a completely different path when it came to media. And during the MTV Video Awards that 
performance with Miley um, that kind of, you know, shook everybody and made everybody, you know, kind of focus on her. Meanwhile, behind the scene, Barack Obama turned into a, quote, dictator, says Jonathan Davis. Um, so basically, Obama hired Miley Cyrus to divert all of the attention away from politics and onto something as meaningless as twerking. Okay, then. There you go. Okay, that's Klaatu, right? right? As far as I know, that's the, I mean, it's a great song. It's a great song. The song is called Calling Occupants of the in- Interplanetary Craft. Calling Occupants. Do you remember when that song came out? Uh, Vaguely. No. I, d- well, I, d- I don't remember much back then, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> then it must be true. I remember reading about this band, not knowing anything about it, about them, and it turned out that they were actually from this area. They were from Ontario. and. That. In 1996, mm. the Beatles recorded a follow-up to Revolver, mm-hmm. but it was never released. Paul McCartney then supposedly died from a car crash, and the Beatles were left without an album. So they recorded this record just on the back burner as a follow-up, but then the Beatles found their lookalike named William Campbell, and that's where you have that one. But that album, three point or three, it's 347 EST sounds exactly like the Beatles. So when that album came out in 1976, people thought that this was the lost Beatles album and that the band, the Beatles had put this out under a completely different name, but it turned out not to be true because I've actually met members of that other band. (laughs) Okay. So Marilyn Manson is Marilyn Manson is Marilyn Manson. But there was a conspiracy theory on the Internet when the Internet first kind of started um, to kind of reach that tipping point that a lot of these people had access to it. There was a rumor that Kevin Arnold's friend from the Wonder Years was a guy by the name of Paul Pfeiffer. And Paul Pfeiffer was a real actor who... The conspiracy theory went that Marilyn Manson was actually the guy who played Kevin's friend in the Wonder Years because you never saw them together and their high school photos looked kind of similar. But rest assured, they're both completely different people. (laughs) Thank goodness. Well, thank you very much, Eric Alper, with On the Record, brought to you by Raw Records. You can download Rise by Elise Saunders based on the heroic story of Pan Am medalist and Olympian Jessica Phoenix on iTunes and Spotify now. When it comes to getting the perfect gift, it's the thought that counts. Have everyone in York Region thinking about your special someone's birthday with a 105.9 Birthday Club. Hey, happy birthday. Submit their name and date of birth on our website or email birthdayclub at 1059theregion.com. We'll announce their birthday live on air, weekday mornings at 745 and afternoons at 515. And what's a birthday without a gift? Your special someone could also win a spectacular gift in our monthly draw. It's the Birthday Club. Ooh, sure are a lot of candles on that cake. On 105.9 The Region. Well, understanding your cash flow is all about knowing where your money comes from and, of course, where it's going. So joining us is Renee Ribello from Life Coach Financial Services with five ways that we can increase our cash flow today and doesn't involve... Stealing coins from the uh, the coin jar? <laughs> well, it could, but that's not one of my five points. We only have five today. And okay. <laughs> we need to make them actionable and things that people can do today. One of the biggest things, no matter where you are in your phase of life, is worrying about where you're spending your money. Everyone always says, I have more month than I have money at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so if we can try to find some of those little leaks and patch them up, then you can actually have more money than month. That would be a good thing. So how can we start? Okay, Where do so we start? I have five tips that people can implement today and start okay. looking into. And of course, the first one, when I say it, everyone's going to be like, oh, yes, it's consolidate your debts. So, you know, look at all your debts. Look at your credit cards. Look at your loans. Look at your mortgage, your lines of credits. And consolidate them. Look at those interest rates. Look how much interest you're paying per month and not just in your actual charges, but in the actual cash flow. If you added up all the payments that you're making on those multiple 
items, it'll be a substantial amount of money. If you consolidate them into one item, no matter what that item happens to be, just look at the rate, you'll lower your monthly cash flow. So it will help you reduce your cash payments. Um, and the other thing is the mortgage rates and the mortgage rules are changing in January. So if you've thought about doing it, do it now because the bank is changing all the lending rules come January 1st, 2018. So this is the time to definitely look at uh, that option. So the lending rules would mean that you would probably have to pay down some because you need to have a greater investment? Well, the lending rules make it harder to borrow the money. Okay. So if but if you already have a mortgage... Well, then if you're still looking, if you already have a mortgage and you're looking to consolidate some of these things into it, you have to qualify under the new rules after January 1st. The other thing I've been told too is, for example, if you have credit card debt, but you have a credit line at maybe three and a half percent, it might be a good idea to pay off the credit card and put it on that. Absolutely. You definitely want to look at the interest rates on all your items that you owe money on. So for example, um, you know, if you have a car loan at zero percent, you're not going to put it on a line of credit at three. No. But if you have a credit card at 12.99 or 19.99, which is not only compound interest, but it's also a higher rate, then definitely add it onto your line of credit and and get that interest rate down. It'll save you in your interest charges. It'll also help you in your monthly cash flow out to pay these monthly. Okay, next tip. So next tip is to go through your monthly bills. You know what? Take a minute, go through your bank account statement and take a peek at what's coming out of your account and your credit cards, by the way. You never know what's being charged mm-hmm. every month. Cancel the gym membership if you're not going. We're all very optimistic in January. Did that. And by September, we've forgotten. You know, get in there. Are you using Netflix? Great. Then look at your Kojiko or your cable bill and take a peek. Maybe you need to shy back on some of those services. Um, look at magazine subscriptions and any kind of memberships. And for people who are single like me, if you've got a match or any kind of dating website uh, subscription that you're not using, cancel it because there's free ones out there. Just remember if you're using free to have thick skin because there's <laughs> you get what you pay for sometimes. So just remember that. So that was my tip number two. <laughs> Okay, and so tip number three? Tip number three is actually around home and car insurance. So look at your policies, visit with your broker, and mm-hmm. take a peek at them and find ways that you can change the payments that you make per month. Something as simple as raising your deductible. So most people have $300. Why do they have it? They don't know, just because they always have. But if you raise it to $1,000, which most people won't make a claim anymore if it's less than $1,000, you'll substantially save in your premium annually and monthly. So take a peek at those policies and see what you have. Mm -hmm. Okay. I know our deductible is at $1,000 because the tree branch that fell on the pergola. It wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor little pergola. Yeah. Uh, it didn't stand a chance, yeah. but yeah, I'll just have yeah, to wait uh-huh. for spring for a new one because I wasn't going to claim for it on the insurance. No, exactly. If it's under $1,000, most won't. Yeah. So no. put the deductible up. Mm-hmm. Next tip. So um, the other thing is basically our social lives. So eating out with friends and um, doing things with, with our family and friends and look for ways that you can do it for free. Eating out is a huge expense per month on a cash flow. I was going to say that. I'm yes. single. So I end up going, you know, to cook for one person. Mm-hmm. I get it. I'm like, single too. Yeah. It is like, you know, so I end up going with another single friend and grabbing a bite. Well, I, I usually... Up- I usually find married friends and say, hey, what are you doing? Can I come for dinner? <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Last tip because we've got something else to talk oh, to. Oh, yes. Um, so the last tip is change the withholding tax on your paychecks. So your employer takes an amount off for tax each year. Mm-hmm. If you're getting a refund every year on your taxes, then you probably need to change the withholding amount that the employer is holding. And instead of letting the government hold that money for the whole year until you get it in April, then use that money to save in a tax-free savings account. And I actually have a high-interest savings 2.25 available for my clients. So if anyone's interested in getting that rate, they can like my Facebook page and I will extend that offer to them. So when you actually save on that, you're actually saving for yourself. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. You bet. Thank you so much for having me. This is what she said. We'll be right back. remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. 
Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy to use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30 day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. Since I fell down the stairs as a child and knocked my front teeth out, I've always smiled with my mouth closed. This year, I decided to change that and was surprised to find out that veneers were affordable and could be done rather quickly. With just two weeks before my wedding, I went to Maple Ridge Dentistry. Dr. Cohen and his team understood my needs, put together a work plan, and in all my wedding pictures, you will see me broadly smiling. Thank you, Maple Ridge Dentistry. For fast, affordable, and excellent dental service, call 905-832-9008 or go to mapleridgedentistry.ca. Located in Maple, they can give you the smile you want. Tell them Michael sent you. It was a game changer for me. York Region. York Region. Radio from your point of view. 105.9 The Region. Welcome back. Back pain, nausea, loss of appetite, fatigue, these are all symptoms of just a cold and flu, right? Well, wrong. Did you also know that these symptoms are common signs of pancreatic cancer? Not many people do. Joining us is Michael Moosey from the hit show Kim's Convenience, who says assumptions can be deadly. Welcome to what she said. Thank you for having me. As cold and flu season approaches, you have teamed up with Pancreatic Cancer Canada to raise some awareness about this disease, which you lost your mother to in 2013. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I lost my father to, actually, (laughs) in 2012. Mm -hmm, So tell us what happened. Well, um, we took a trip to Greece. Uh, My family's Greek, and we've always talked about going to Greece to visit Mm -hmm. our homeland. And uh, we finally did it. And I got there the day before, and then my mom arrived the day after, and she started feeling a little, she was just feeling a little weird, a little off. Um, She threw up, and we were like, what's going on? And she said, you know, maybe it was the flight, maybe I caught a bug. As you said, the symptoms are very similar to a flu, right? She Mm -hmm. had, um, she's always struggled with back pain, but she... um, uh, you know, indigestion and some some abdominal pain. And um, and so we just kind of thought, you know, she's getting sick. It's really unfortunate. We're on this amazing family trip and she's sick. Uh, and then near the end of the trip, we started noticing that um, her skin was getting yellow. And we were like, what is going on? And, you know, How, we, uh, what what was the time span? Oh, God, like a week? A week? Her skin started, okay. Yeah, it started turning yellow. And that's when we started asking, like, what's up? Like, what what else is going on? And she started telling us that her stool was really light. And we're like, well, how light can it be? And she said, like, beige, like light beige. And we're like, that's not really Mm. normal. But, of course... We never traveling, you know, we're eating different food and and all that. Non-smoker. She would have oh, she was literally the epitome of health. Everything was natural. It 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 almost makes it 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 makes no sense. It makes no sense for Mm -hmm. someone to to get cancer when you're such a healthy person. And um so we our minds obviously didn't go there until of course we got that diagnosis, um, which was on the last day of Greece. They told my father. We didn't tell my mom. We rushed her to a hospital uh, back in Montreal, uh, where they told us. Um, and my sister and I moved to Montreal to be with her for the uh, seven and a half months uh, before she died. That quick. Mm-hmm. Very quick. Very very quick. And I, that's and she's she's considered to have had a a long, um, you know, time to deal with the, the, the illness. A lot of people, as you were telling me before, you know, sometimes it's only about three weeks or one week or two weeks. Well, it's my, yeah, my dad didn't feel well and, and brought him in and he was diagnosed and still had no pain until the last four days. That's right. And we, all, we always assume what you hear when you do Dr. Google totally. is that pancreatic cancer is terribly painful. Mm-hmm. But 
he had nothing. No. So since that happened, you've been sort of fighting the good fight to raise awareness about this. I've been trying to, yeah. We started a company called Accessorize for Awareness shortly after where we were making bracelets and selling them for $5 a piece. Uh, but it was one of those things that just, uh, you know, as you're grieving, you, it's, it was a constant reminder that, you know, we lost our mom and it was getting harder and harder. So we stopped it. And a couple of months ago, I was like, what am I doing? Like, what am I how am I not helping this cause? And so I just uh, reached out to Michelle at Pancreatic Cancer and I was like, listen, I'm not a celebrity. I'm not a huge name or anything, but I'm on TV and I have friends that are way more successful than I am. Use me. Let me do something I want to help. And she was like, let's meet. And here we are. And here we are. So let's, well then, let's talk about some of the symptoms and and let's raise awareness because, Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you... You couldn't tell with your mother, but you didn't know. Have you learned anything that can help the rest of us since that? Um, What I've learned is that, um, as we talked about, the symptoms are so similar to to a flu and kind of just these common things that we experience. But it's the combination of those things that we need to... I was just going to say that, yeah. I mean, if you're... you're, if you're experiencing abdominal pain and it's not going away or that back pain that's not going away and... Um, and your face is yellow. And your, face, and your stool is beige. Unfortunately, when your face is yellow and your stool is beige, <laughs> it's probably too late is the oh, problem. And oh. that's what's the scariest part of this disease is that, I mean, it has a 93% uh, mortality rate, which is the highest of any cancer out there. And it receives less than 2% of cancer funding. Um, and so, you know, it's just, it's at this point, it feels like it's a hopeless you know, uh, cause. But the thing is, is that without the research, without the money going towards this, how are we ever going to get those rates up, th- those stats well, Michael, up, right? Michael, let me ask you, if you are diagnosed early, mm-hmm. if if you're not turning yellow, it's not too late. Right. So you, you've got these flu symptoms or, and we want to go through the symptoms. Totally. But, and you go to your doctor, is it treatable? I mean, it is, but again, it has a 93% mortality rate. So yeah, there are the 7% that when caught early, you have, you know, can survive past the five-year mark, but it's still not good. I mean, it's not high enough. And and like I said, it's the highest mortality rate of any cancer. So yes, of course, there are some great people that we have spoken to who have survived 10, 15 years, but it's so unheard of uh, for the most part that it's hard to kind of really be hopeful about it, right? And there's no standard diagnostic test. There's right? not, no. I mean, you know, they do the CT scans and and um, and they find it when they find it. But usually the, the problem is, is that when it gets to that point, it's probably too late because, um, yeah. So I, uh, what I'm hearing here, what I'm thinking is, because we were talking about this earlier, about, you know, flu symptoms, you don't want to trot into your doctor with flu symptoms because they're busy. Mm-hmm. And so do you, do we need to become advocates for ourselves to say, no, no, I want you to check me because this could be because a GP who's seen 25 people before you who mm-hmm. have the flu mm-hmm. may not necessarily send you up for... Of course. And I don't think, and the thing that we, we don't want to scare people into thinking that the second that they have some abdominal pain and some back pain that they probably have pancreatic cancer, that's obviously not what we want to do, but we want people to just be aware of the fact that these are the symptoms that we know at the moment. I hope with more research, we will know more, but this is what we have at the moment. And with better education for these doctors to understand these GPs, to understand what it really is, um, that is, you know, what what the signs are for pancreatic cancer. Maybe they can have, uh, you know, some more insight into mm-hmm. it, it, when they treat a patient to, to be able to tell, you know what, maybe this is something a little bit more serious and maybe they should get some scans because our minds never go there because we don't know enough about it. What are the factors that increase our risk mm-hmm. for it? Again, unfortunately, we don't know enough about the disease. So, you know, when my mom walked in, they asked her if she was a smoker. She wasn't. They asked her if she was a heavy drinker. She wasn't. They asked her uh, if her eating habits were terrible. They weren't. So when I, I remember when my mom got sick, we did one of those online quizzes on, on, a, on, a, on an American pancreatic cancer site to see how likely you are to develop pancreatic cancer. And she was in like the 0% of people that can develop it. Wow. But here we are, right? She was 52 years old. And she died of uh, she died of pancreatic cancer seven months after diagnosis. So it really can happen to anybody. Is it does it run in families? I mean, what do we know? Yeah, it does. It does run in families. That is, uh, you know, so, sometimes. Um, but again, there's no there's not enough evidence to back it up. So yeah, there are families that you know it gets passed on, but we don't know why and we don't know how. So don't assume it's a flu that won't go away. Back pain, nausea, and fatigue—all signs, mm-hmm. right? Better outcomes 
would come with early detection. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also unexplained weight loss, the jaundice we talked about, mm-hmm. loss of appetite, indigestion, which mm-hmm. your, your, your mom had, yeah. changes in stool, we talked about the two, and, and new onset diabetes. Yeah. That's connected too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the pancreas is what produces the insulin. Exactly. Okay. All right. So that's a, uh, that's a connection. So the sooner you are diagnosed, the sooner you can receive treatment. And the surgery can be life-saving. Totally. Yeah. Um, so it. for anyone, I guess, who's had it in their family, mm-hmm. like you and I, mm-hmm. <laughs> we should, uh, where can we learn more about it? Well, I think the best thing you can do at the, at the moment, we have this amazing campaign called Assumptions Can Be Deadly right now mm-hmm. um, that's, uh, that's really going around all of social media. So what we're, we're encouraging people to go on that site. It's assumptionscanbedeadly.ca. You can also go to World Pancreatic Cancer um, uh, worldpancreaticcancerday.org. There's lots of information on, on treatment plans and, and what to do, uh, you know, what to look out for and all the things that we've pretty much discussed right now. Um, and uh, you can also go on my Twitter, Michael Moosey, at mm-hmm. Michael Moosey. I've been posting uh, nonstop this month. I will continue to post. Uh, I'm doing what I can to help raise awareness and funds. And, and good for you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Um, I think people Now I feel to... guilty. No. <laughs> well, you can join in, Christine. Yeah, never join, too me. Late. join me. Join <laughs> me. It's never too late. <laughs> it's never too late. Okay. Right. So again, it's, it's assumptionscanbedeadly.ca. Correct. To learn more, or you can uh, follow the lovely and talented Michael Moosey on Twitter. Mm. And, uh, of course, do watch him on Kim's Convenience. Please, mm. yeah. <laughs> Please, we need Thank the ratings. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This is what she said. Stay with us. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy to use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30 day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Fear of missing out? FOMO flies out the door when you listen to Lena. Who knew? I hope everyone will know by the end of this segment. Every time you come in, you have such great news to share with us. Oh, thank you. I love sharing great news. Yes, I want everyone to know about it because it is such a great cause. I almost had tears in my eyes. Yeah. It is phenomenal. OMG. OMG. Join What She Said Weekends and find out what lifestyle blogger Lena Almeida is loving. Winter isn't done with us yet, and driving will continue to be challenging. Drive into Mazda of Richmond Hill and get in on the January iActive all-weather drive event. Get a credit towards new winter tires or upgrade your ride with a credit towards accessories on all models of Mazda. Come into 10414 Young Street in Richmond Hill and take predictive control in this uncertain weather. The iActive all-weather drive event is now on at Mazda in Richmond Hill. Go online to MazdaofRichmondHill.com or drop by at 10414 Young Street in Richmond Hill. This is 105.9 The Region. What you are listening to is Better Half by Calgary-based singer-songwriter Sycamore, who is here with us in studio. Welcome to what she said. Thank you. Now, you've been described as a voice that can melt a heart at 100 paces. <laughs> That's pretty high praise. Yeah. How I mean, did you get started? Um, I've always just loved music. I feel like everybody says that, but um, I was lucky enough when I was pretty young to just be given a lot of opportunities to sing and to kind of realize that I liked it. And um, I think as a kid, I just always wanted to do it, but I was a little hesitant because I'm the only person, I come from a long line of farmers and ranchers and no one knew anything about the music industry. So um, it took a couple years of wanting to do it kind of secretly, and then I just decided to go for it around college, and uh, I quit my job, and I made a record, and that was five five years ago now. So, yeah, just kind of scary. Doing it. Of course, yeah. I mean, you uh, betting on yourself is always a little bit scary, but um, I don't have any regrets for sure. Where did the name Sycamore come from? Um, well, 
I basically just knew that I wanted a stage name, and so I thought it should be re reflective of the music that I make. And um, so I started kind of asking myself, how would you describe your music? And it was all mm -hmm. very like rootsy and organic and evergreen, and it just kind of lent itself to this this tree kind of esque name. And so I thought, well, it should probably be a tree name. And Sycamore was one of the first that I actually just kind of jumped out and I changed mm -hmm. the spelling a little bit and uh, it's opened some doors for me. It's gotten me some cool opportunities, so no regrets. It's a name that stands out. Yeah, thank you. Now, your new EP just released is called Self and Medicine. So, Self-Medicine, actually. Self-Medicine. What are the, what are okay. the songs uh, about? Um, so the funny thing about this record is that it took place, the writing of it took place over probably like three or four years. And so it really um, kind of was songs from different chapters of my life. So it's not necessarily a concept record. And so when it came to choosing the title, I wanted it to be something unique and I wanted it to have kind of a common thread between all these songs, mm -hmm. but it wasn't necessarily this chronological thread. So I started to think about what songwriting itself actually means to me because all the songs except for one on this record are solely written by me and so I thought well what songwriting is to me is essentially self-medicating and mm. so it's sort of the concept and the phrase self-medicine was kind of just this I was on a plane and it kind of just came to me and I wrote it down because I was like I think that's what I want the title to be because it really kind of reflects what songwriting itself means to me so where can people get your EP and find you online yeah, so it's um, streaming on Apple Music and Spotify right now, and you can buy it on iTunes. Um, everything at the moment is digital. Mm. So on really any digital platform, you can get it. Um, we are working on getting some hard copies made. Great. Well, th thank you so much for joining us today. We're looking no problem. forward to hearing from you in a moment. And we at What She Said will be back next weekend at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. Be sure to stay in touch with us on social media at What She Said Talk. Now performing Halo. Here is Sycamore. You were young and I was younger. Broken homes and lies to wander led me to your tour in late July. I said people leave and hearts can break and nothing in this life is safe. And boy, I think I've wasted enough time. Your daddy's got a burn out back So take me by my trembling hands Climbing up the ladder Nothing up that matters, boy Kicking up just falling in love Leave it all down below And now I know where to go If you wanna unwind and shake the world off You can't seem to escape the heartbreak Making the front page You close your eyes The voice is always there What will you and I flee to the sky Make the world brand new All it takes is just one kiss from you Yeah, daddy's got a burn out back So take me by my trembling hands Climbing up the ladder, nothing up that matters, boy Kicking up dust, falling in love, leave it all down below And now I know where to go If you want to unwind and shake the world off So take me by my trembling hands Climbing up the ladder Nothing up that matters, boy Kicking up dust Falling in love Leave it all down below And now I know Where to go If you wanna unwind Shake the world off I know just the place So boy Let's take all
It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.